Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm here today with our CTO, Jeff Freed, and our special guest, Richard Harbridge. Richard serves as Chief Technology Officer and an owner of Two to Lead. In his work, his writing, and speaking, he's become an invaluable resource to our community. He's a trusted advisor to hundreds of organizations, helping them understand their current and future needs. To the rest of us, he's an outspoken contributor to the field, an internationally recognized expert in Microsoft technology, as well as marketing and professional services. It is thanks to his widely regarded expertise in this last area that brings him to the show today, as we take on technology trends impacting the professional services and legal industry, what's working, and what's yet to come in our technology road ahead. Richard Harbridge, welcome to Shared Insights. It's a pleasure to be here. The professional services industry seems to be uh, really unique and faced with unique challenges. To kick us off today, could you set us up with with some of the unique challenges that you're facing and uh, how uh, those are impacting you and your work? As you know, I, I work in a professional services organization, and what we do is technology consulting. And so naturally, there's a big overall trend that's happening, which is professional service firms have to deliver more value um, in less time with less resources and to be more competitive, um, there's a lot more value-based work. And so when you take that and you put it in an IT context, a lot of the IT things that we've done over the years, whether it's installing a server or doing some infrastructure work, kind of keeping the lights on, um, that's not really what IT is about now. Just like our services organizations have shifted, now from an IT perspective, we also need to really transition towards value-based work. So um, a lot of the trends that we see from a technology perspective are those that really bring the technology to the forefront of you know, as a service within the organization, delivering more value, whether that's, you know, through the acceleration of the cloud, enabling you to do things you couldn't do before at a lower cost, um, faster than before, or whether it's um, just new industry trends like mobility and other things that uh, allow us to deliver more value, regardless of where our employees are and how they work today. Yeah, Richard, I see this a lot in various parts of professional services. I mean, Insight works a lot with Law firms, also the you know the big four accountancies, as well as IT consulting, and these are all high knowledge intensity areas. You know, it's billable hours, so time is money. Do you see people using SharePoint more or less in this sector than others, and in any different way than they uh, than they do with your other clients? So I think it's it's interesting because there's still a lot of services organizations out there um, that. You know whether they're a law firm um, or whether they're you know a, a, a related to a vertical, right? That's a little bit slower insurance or or public sector. And so what happens is um, there's still individuals that are doing services work. They're smart, capable people, but they're not using or embracing necessarily things like SharePoint. And so just getting them to use you know basic document collaboration and things like that is still a step up. And there's it's a good number of people, right, that we can still touch and, and support. Um, there's a lot of customers still out there that use file shares and and more traditional methods. And you know we know we with uh, without um, confusion that these are um, less effective productivity solutions. And so there's that sort of baseline foundational work that we all need to continue to work on. But I think 
for those customers who have uh, had SharePoint or they've had some other document management experience for a while and they've had the ability to collaborate internally and externally, now they're looking at what's that next layer, right? What's that way to take productivity to the next level, which right now is everything from social uh, and social technologies and tools to these intelligent experiences where you use the data either uh, as a proactive measure as a business, you use the data to improve the experience for your employees, you know, new intranets, things like that. Or uh, the actual system uses the data to improve the experience, like Delve Analytics and Delve Discovery and things like that, where you basically can find documents and content uh, you know, that relates to you based on um, the way you work. So I think we see a mixture of both, um, but we, we don't want to forget about those foundational uh, people because we really, you know, when it comes to ROI, those are still the, the best wins uh, for most organizations. I am curious because I've noticed uh, from from my perspective that law firms in particular have been slow to adopt the cloud. From what I see at BA Insight, that seems to be changing really rapidly now, maybe uh, in part because of the ability to collaborate with people outside of your firm. And I know that you work with a lot of law firms as well as a lot of other verticals. What's your perspective on the cloud? Yeah, I think, um, you know, in, in law firms, it's really interesting. Uh, I mean, the, the broader industry has moved to the cloud a lot faster. Um, law firms have a couple of unique challenges, right? We have a lot of uh, custom developed solutions. We have a lot of these uh, vertical solutions that are traditionally on-premises and they didn't have cloud options. So I think there's there's sort of three overarching things that have happened. The first one is the cloud has improved. I mean, uh, in the beginning years of Office 365 and some of these other technologies, it you know, there's there were challenges, right? There were challenges, especially in a hybrid state where you had a lot of workloads on-prem uh, and you had some online and and they've improved that uh, and they've also improved kind of the transition to the cloud, made it easier to migrate, made it easier um, to move. So I think that has had an impact on, you know, there's less of that huge cost and risk. And so a lot of more organizations, even in law firms, it's harder and harder to say, well, no, we'll just push that off to next year. I think there's a second challenge, which is, or, or thing that's happened in the industry, which is that the vendors themselves, many of these law firms use and provide, like you guys are a great example, you're connecting the dots, right? So the vendors are building solutions like your connector frameworks and other things that just make it so much easier for um, a customer not to lose anything when they move to the cloud. So it's no longer a trade-off discussion. It's more a discussion of, oh, how do we enable both? So how do we enable that speed and benefit of Office 365 while enabling, say, through your connectors and, and hybrid search configuration, the ability to search, you know, uh, your corpus of, of documents in a traditional document management system or something else. And that that opportunity now exists, whereas even reasonably, I'd say a year ago, it was still very new, right? This this idea of hybrid search or some of these other hybrid workloads. So, um, so that's helped both from Microsoft and the vendor ecosystem. And then the third thing that I think is made a big difference is security uh, isn't what it used to be. So the biggest reasons people would hesitate to move to the cloud was, you know, privacy and security. And now we see unequivocally everyone saying the cloud is better, right? Security is better. We have easy two-factor auth. We have single sign-on portals. We have mobile device management built in. We have, you know, advanced security management that actually looks at user trends and behavior to, you know, dynamically uh, change uh, defense techniques and take a risk-based approach to security, et cetera. So um, this analytics-driven event detection, all this stuff is only really available in the cloud because of what it requires. And so I think that's um, that's become a selling point of the cloud, if anything, over what it used to be. I find that really cool because it's almost like a quick reversal 
as people get over the fear of lack of security and see that actually most major cloud vendors in Microsoft in specific, in specific are probably more secure than they are. Too true. It's such an interesting uh, turn, too, because so many of the things that you're talking about here seem to be addressing uh, or, or answering questions from users that likely are not thinking so much about these things, and that you have this ability to pivot when you look at things like the cloud and look at things like tying these on-prem activities to the cloud, that uh, you can proactively give users features that they have come to expect without even asking. Do you find that users are, are driving more of the demand for uh, these new features that you're rolling out and and that you're able to deliver them more quickly with these services? I would say that's absolutely true. So like take mobility, right? While it sounds simple that more users are using mobile devices or they're working from home or they're working from customer sites or you know, depending on your services uh, organization, this is happening really regularly. And so um, we need to to deliver not just the great experiences that make it easy for people you know, to do that, like OneDrive uh, for mobile apps and mobile management, things like that of documents, but it's also that it needs to be secure. So we need to do that security without adding friction to the end user. So the new experiences where you can literally not copy and paste um, you know, a, a core corporate content into personal apps and things like that, these are... Uh, these are features that, if you looked at mobile device management, you know, application management, even a few years ago, they, you know, they were in most organizations. It was kind of in their dream state, right? Someday we'll get to that point. But now these things are built in, and so, um, so that's helped because if the expectation is um, by the other organizations that are using these cloud technologies that they basically have a lot of these new features and functions built in, um, then it, it makes it harder for the organization not to embrace them or not to provide better experiences. Um, and while I picked on mobile. Uh, even in other circumstances, like today, um, if you look at the traditional way that we would drive uh, users for it, let's pick external sharing, right? So we've brought up extranets, right? And the traditional model is go to this place and share externally or go to this place and work on your documents um, in the example of the document management system. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that those things don't have value. There's reasons you'd still want to drive people to a central location for roll-ups, for, for um, data integration and other things. But that doesn't mean that you can't bring that experience to them in these other uh, apps, like uh, an app add-in inside of Office or um, for the external sharing scenario, making external sharing available pretty much everywhere they are. It doesn't matter if they're in the extranet or in a, you know, a secure intranet site, if there's a specific bit of content that they want to share and that makes sense to share for a variety of reasons, they can do that in a relatively secure way with good reporting and things like that. So um, this, this idea of just making these features uh, more ubiquitous and available where people are and making them more seamless, like this idea of get a link versus, you know, sharing and inviting specific and basically managing access to something uh, instead of getting a link and just sharing that link. Um, that's a very different approach, um, right, than we've used historically. And so it calls into question, you know, is IT ready to have those conversations? Because if they're not, what ends up happening is the users are still doing that. They're just going to Dropbox or they're going to some unsanctioned file sharing tool or they're going to some alternative where they can do it themselves and they get those experiences they want, but now you've lost more control and you have an even bigger challenge now of uh, you know disparate systems that you're managing. Not even control, but interest. They don't care anymore. Exactly. Once you've lost them, how easy is it for you to bring them back when you do have an answer to this question? And my, my, uh, my hunch is not very. Yeah, one of the things I, I notice 
in professional services more than other sectors is what you were saying, Pete, that things are driven more by users' awareness. But to take two examples, external sharing is something almost everyone in a consultancy does because you're right. working with clients. Right. And therefore, easy external sharing that is particularly important and is driven by users more than by IT. And security, similarly, I find, well, we work a lot with law firms and one of their specific requirements is called ethical wall. If I'm working on cases for Coke, I shouldn't be able to see material about Pepsi. That's not out of the box with SharePoint. It's the kind of thing that some of our other clients would leave to the chief security officer. But law partners ask us about that all the time. You know, how do you do it? How strong is the ethical wall capabilities? And we've built something that layers on top of SharePoint and changes access based upon what's in your practice management system and layers that on top of search. I was really surprised to find that it was partners and attorneys asking us for that more than IT, even though, of course, IT cares about it. One of the challenges for sure that, that we hear all the time for IT is, you know, they don't have the time, the budget, um, sometimes the authority, um, and certainly uh, the resources to do all the things that they know they should do or want to do. So um, one of the, the challenges, I think, even with IT is um, as they, you know, Maybe I'll even talk about the future state, right? So for a lot of law firms and these organizations today, you know, they're in a state of transition. And that state of transition means that they're they're starting to adopt some new cloud technologies, but you know, the cloud isn't as um, tailored for these custom solutions they're using necessarily, or other people haven't, you know, necessarily led that way. Um, you have companies like yours that are doing a great job making that transition easier. But, you know, there's still, you know, in five years from now, it's going to be a much easier um, transition for sure than it is today in terms of the capabilities that are in third parties. Most of the core providers like you guys have done it, right? You made the transition. But if, if I take a step back and I go back to that original point, which is they never have enough time, budget, um, and money and effort resources. The biggest reason I think uh, IT struggles to, you know, have those conversations with the business is that um, it's a very different conversation than historically IT's had. So, you know, we run into this all the time when we do adoption services. So we do um, adoption campaigns to help organizations, you know, get better use out of the technology. And one of the core things that we do is like a 30-day, you know, awareness campaign. And you center it around some business process. So we want to um, improve recognition across the company. And every services organization, it's driven by people. So we want to recognize people. If we recognize people, that'll give more visibility to projects people are working on and reduce redundancy. There's all sorts of positive benefits from just basically prioritizing and focusing on, you know, improving recognition across the organization. And so if that's, you know, say like a HR initiative or some other initiative within the company communications initiative, that initiative has a whole lot of impact on the technology. We know that, you know, social and SharePoint and other tools, um, you know, the profiles that we have through people search, those things are really, really great ways of connecting people and showcasing things like praise and things like um, recognition of one another. And so it's just that most organizations, uh, you know, the users don't know that those methods exist. They don't even know that, you know, in some organizations that are experimenting now with social in the legal space, um, they're really seeing a lot of uptake because users have been kind of waiting for these opportunities to really connect, right? And and there's ways to do it securely and without risk. But I think the biggest um, impact here is that 
we now can enable these things. And for IT, you know, it, this this is a big shift from going from basically turning on services to really driving awareness, driving uh, education, driving you know um, best uses uh, of these technologies versus just making them available to users. Um, and I think as the technology goes faster and faster in terms of change, uh, as Office 365 has new and new capabilities always being released, that emphasis is even more strongly on IT to take ownership for that. Um, otherwise, you know, what's the value of IT in, in five to 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did a um, session at Ignite last year about uh, information strategy with Office 365. And one of the areas where I keep getting positive feedback is the IT folks that see this as an opportunity to become teachers and leaders and not implementers. That's a big jump. It's not necessarily for everyone, but it's a it's a big opportunity. Yeah, I think you could pick any workload. Uh, what's like a traditional SharePoint workload has been around for a long time? Intranets, right? And intranets now with Office 365 are very different than they used to be. Um, you know, when you use uh, analytics, I, I know you guys have amazing analytics tools. When you use that kind of insight um, to really, you know, define the, the intranet experience, um, you can you know, change a lot of uh, traditional behaviors. So you can use search to dynamically not just target, you know, based on department content for users, but actually use both popularity trends and targeting of content. You can do things like having the top navigation, um, which is, you know, unheard of even a few years ago, you actually have some of those tabs be search driven, right? So as I hover over um, a specific section like sites or, or, you know, these collaborative environments, perhaps that's actually search driven. And so I can see things like recent ones that I visited or was active in. I can see things like um, the ones that um, you know I followed with bookmarking concepts and so on and so forth. So as internets become more personalized and as we start to use um, the fact that these these all this activity that we're doing in in these uh, cloud-based productivity solutions that's that's tracked and so we can use that insight and you know obviously the Microsoft product teams using that insight to improve those experiences um, and so I think even the most traditional workload like an internet basically a place where you get a lot of links to things um, that's gone much further than it used to be with uh, interactivity and and these intelligent experiences yeah I think this is an area we violently agree that that um, sort of intranets are back. Just like I find knowledge management initiatives are back. And search is an important tool through all of these things. One of the reasons, just to give you a plug, Richard, um, that I'm a big fan of to lead is because you take this holistic approach and you're able to help people with adoption, you know, almost directly. Take, for example, there's a praise feature now built into, into Delve. And that fits directly with the kind of initiative you were talking about for HR and recognition. How do you go about helping people figure out what to use when and how to successfully build sort of a positive feedback loop out of that kind of feature? Yeah, I think it's it's just iteration. Um, I wish there was a magic uh, trick to this. Uh, clearly, we have in in you know hundreds of pages of white papers between the internets and Office 365 white paper, the when to use what white paper, which I promise I'll get an update in the next month or two uh, for Ignite. But you know, there's there's just so much guidance that we could give. But the, at the end of the day, it's you know what are you ready to to do right within your organization? So you kind of have to have a good understanding of your current state. And surprisingly, a lot of organizations don't know what their current state is. Um, and, and just that assessment and being honest of what your current state is really, really help, 
helpful. Getting that baseline um, is probably critical for everything else because how are you going to prioritize whether it makes sense to really drive awareness and education around you know the the search experiences, let's say, or whether we should drive uh, education and experience prioritized wise around you know external sharing and and working with documents uh, in in legal matters with customers and things like that, or with partners versus you know the traditional uh, approaches. So these these things um, are hard to. I mean, you could just you know try it, and anything is better than nothing, right? So you know, adopt some new things and embrace them, and do it right. Do the full you know campaigns, the planning, everything else around it, not just deploy the technology and enable it. But I think the the thing we're finding is a lot of organizations just need that perspective. They need they need a little bit of help understanding where are they at today, um, with some guidance on okay, based on where we're at today, what are those workloads that best fit us? You know, in, in legal, it's a really interesting um, description because if you were to look like – if we were to magically imagine a technology radar, right? So things that are getting close on the radar, like beep, 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 they're about to hit us. Those are, you know, three to six months out. Things that are further out, right, we have to know about because we could hit them at some point, but they're not necessarily landing. Um, when we look at that visualization, um, you find within law firms uh, getting Active Directory integrated and these technology projects, um, that's that's happening now, right? That's that's but that's really close. And Skype for Business and using um, you know, instant messaging, chat services, um, video conferencing, you know, that's been around for a while, but kind of transitioning that to the cloud, that's becoming, you know, a very urgent need because the cost benefit is just staggering. And when you look at things like exchange or or office upgrades, that's delayed, right? Especially in legal, because we have a lot of add-ins, we have a lot of um, third-party products that we have to deal with, and we have very large mailboxes. Um, you know, it's it's not easy to to make these transitions. So historically, in the broader industry, if you were to talk to, you know, a, a high-tech services firm, they're they're already on the cloud for Exchange, right? That's the, probably the first workload they moved. But for a law firm, that's one of the last ones they might move. And so, um, I think it, it depends on your own law firm, right? Is is it the internet and those team sites and and extranets? Are those maybe social? Are those things that are you know, pretty easy for you to roll out if you were to look at, you know, the short term and they could have a lot of uh, positive trends, then maybe those are the ones that pick up first or one drive for business. Um, and again, other things get pushed out. So I think it's just imagining uh, as a visual, imagine that radar and ask yourself, you know, not not only do you know what you're doing today, but what are those things that, you know, you, you want to, to land sooner, right, than others um, because you want to start getting those benefits. For those folks that are that are listening that maybe at law firms, uh, there's an upcoming ILTACON event. Richard's often been a keynote at that event. You should drop by BA Insight there and definitely pull down Richard and Tudelead's white papers, especially um, I'd recommend the when to use what in Office 365 and, and the intranets in Office 365 uh, white papers. They're, they're deep and quite good. And Richard, I think you're you're doing sessions on these at Ignite as well. That is correct. Um, yeah, I have three sessions. Camels, I got two, I think, right now. Um, we'll see if there's more by the time we get closer to Ignite. But lots, uh, lots of exciting stuff to talk about, including an internet talk, the when to use what one. That's very exciting because uh, things have changed a lot. Um, so it's a much more positive story, I think, this year than it was last year um, in terms of uh, groups being integrated across a lot of these experiences um, and more coming by the end of the year. So. 
um, so yeah, I, I think you know I'm I'm a technology optimist. So we've been talking about the challenges and you know all this transition, but uh, I can say with, without um, hesitation, this is if you're in IT and especially if you're in a professional services organization, um, this is such a good time to be in IT because we can have a huge impact on users and uh, and people that we could just we couldn't you know we couldn't get to before now we can really get to them we can have a lot more direct interaction with them when it comes to looking at the data working with them and and tweaking uh, and tailoring these experiences so it's very exciting time this is great stuff and it it more to the point it it actually you you give me hope that we can as administrators learn more now from the intelligence of the infrastructure than ever before to drive uh, where we're going to develop in the future and I think that's a that's a, a really um, uh, optimistic uh, view and and opportunistic view that that I think is is new for us. So that's very exciting stuff. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's always good. Jeff's one of my favorite people in the world to uh, if you ever have five minutes at any event uh, to talk with Jeff, do it. You will learn like 20 things. Uh, so it's been wonderful to chat with you guys today. Always a pleasure, Richard. Uh, you've, you've got me uh, blushing right now, but similarly uh you're a wonderful person to talk with always enjoy swapping stories and uh, look forward to maybe some more of this yeah and uh, if anyone else is listening and they want to connect or or have a conversation uh, i know we're super friendly so feel free to reach out to us on linkedin or or through the the contact links provided in the podcast absolutely if you're uh, on your app you can uh, podcast app of choice you can scroll up and see all of the links that uh, that we've mentioned in the show notes there and uh, of course you can listen to the show over at ba insight Com. Thank you so much. On behalf of Richard Harbridge and uh, Jeff Freed, I am Pete Wright, and we will catch you next time on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.